This is the story of Henry Lee Lucas, who was, uh, to put it lightly, a real piece of work. Though Lucas claimed to have committed over 3,000 murders, he was only convicted of 11 and only proven beyond a shadow of a doubt to have committed three. And those are the three that I'm going to be focusing on. I'll start from the beginning. Lucas was born the youngest of nine siblings in 1936. His father died of hypothermia after collapsing in a drunken stupor out in the middle of a blizzard. But his mother is the real star of the show. Viola Lucas. Mm. So she was a sex worker and uh, she was an alcoholic. She was also a horrible abuser. She would force little Henry to watch her engage in adult activities routinely, and she would beat him and neglect him, which is how he got the whole eye thing. Yeah, he lost an eye because it was infected, but she wouldn't take him to the doctor. So, you know. By that age, she had also been introduced to bestiality and animal torture by family members. According to Lucas, when he was 14 or 15, he abducted, beat, raped, and then strangled a teenage girl. Three or four years later, he was sentenced to six years in prison for a dozen counts of burglary. After Lucas got out of prison, he went to his sister's in Tecumseh, Michigan, where his mother found him and demanded that he come back to take care of her. They had several intense arguments, which ultimately led to... Lucas stabbing his mother in the neck and her dying of a heart attack due to the shock. This sort of set a precedent for his modus operandi in the future. In 1976, Lucas went to a soup kitchen where he had a little meat cute with his soulmate, Otis Toole. Lucas moved in with Toole and became infatuated with Toole's 10-year-old niece. The two worked together at a roofing company for the next couple years, supposedly in a romantic relationship, according to some sources. And uh, during this time, Lucas later claimed to have committed hundreds of murders, uh, many of which he claimed to have committed with Tool. Uh, a lot of them related to uh, a satanic cult. Lucas said that Tool liked to uh, crucify his victims and then barbecue and eat them. But Lucas never took part in these little rituals because he didn't like barbecue sauce, according to him. They all moved to Texas. Lucas and Becky began a sexual relationship and soon ran away together to Florida, where uh, Lucas got a job working for an elderly lady named Kate Rich in Texas. When it was discovered that Lucas had been cashing checks in Rich's name, however, they were fired, obviously, and they lived on the road until they were picked up by a Pentecostal commune. They said that they were husband and wife, and uh, the church leaders just accepted that, I guess, that this young teenage girl was married to this 40-year-old man. Why, you might ask? Uh, we'll never know. In 1982, Lucas murdered 15-year-old Becky by stabbing her in the chest with a knife. He then proceeded to perform necrophilic acts on her body, dismembered it, and scattered the pieces in a nearby field. 
This occurred in Denton, Texas. Three weeks later, Lucas convinced his old employer, Kate Rich, to go looking with him for Becky. He took her to a campsite in Ringgold, Texas, and killed her in the same manner by stabbing her in the chest. He then, again, performed necrophilic acts on her body. He didn't dismember her this time. He just uh, wrapped her body up and shoved it into a drainage pipe where he would occasionally return to continue performing necrophilic acts on the decomposing body. Mmm, lovely. So these three murders, the murder of Lucas's mother, of his child bride, and of his former employer, were the three official, proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, cases that I wanted to talk about in detail. Lucas was brought in a year later, on illegal firearms possession charges, and eventually they charged him with the murders of both Kate Rich and Becky. A month later, Lucas hears that he's a suspect in this investigation, so he goes back to burn uh, Kate's remains. And he does this in one of the incinerators in the commune he was staying in. They later found these remains, and uh, it was a key piece of physical evidence in the case. They also found the scattered skeletal remains of Becky in the field where he killed her. Almost as soon as he was in jail, he began confessing to so many murders that the department had to create a task force solely devoted to him. Well, in exchange for these confessions, he was rewarded with things like trips to motels, to restaurants, free reign to just walk around the jail freely, preferential treatment, lots of different, you know, motivating factors. So eventually they started to think, yeah, he's definitely, this isn't, something's off about this. So they came up with some fake crimes to see if he would confess, which he did, obviously. So he actually even claimed to have supplied the poison in the Jonestown Massacre. So yeah, at this point, his whole story is unraveling. Nobody really believes him anymore. And the only three murders that he continued to claim happened were the murders of Becky Powell, his mother, and Kate Rich. He was given the death sentence. And six days before his execution, George W. Bush commuted his sentence to a life sentence, and he died in prison at age 64 of heart failure. Okay, so that's it for the story and the evidence. Now let's get to the reflection. Why was this case so remarkable? Or these cases? Why were these cases? Why was this person so remarkable? Henry Lee Lucas made it absolutely clear the issue with trying to motivate confessions with rewards. Obviously, people with very little to lose are going to try and take advantage of those benefits. And he did this in absolutely ridiculous fashion. Literally had a department set up for him. I mean, I'm sure the police department was thoroughly embarrassed, and I hope that they got back on track. Well, that is it for this one. 